MFs, welcome back. Hustle like you broke. June 11 today. Started keeping track of that and the intros just because life moves so quickly. Ha 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 in the coronation, but uh, world outside, politics, festivals, news, social media being what it is. Sometimes by the time we air, things have changed. I actually think it's interesting when we record and an announcement comes out before it drops. Certainly that changes the perspective for our audience to hear us talking about something that's already happened and we didn't know it at the time. But such is the nature of podcasting and, uh, you know, kind of like a time capsule unto itself. So world being what it is today, We've had the cancellation in the last couple days of the two largest festivals here in the United States, Lollapalooza, which we were just talking the other day. Pretty sure Kyle thought it was going to happen. Sorry, my friend. It yeah, is I was not. wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> and Coachella, too. I know you wanted it. I know you wanted it, but it's gone. It's interesting it's gone that the city called it, didn't they? It's coming back. Yeah, I'm I'm about to say that, Dallas. Give me Shut a minute. It. Thank you. Sorry, thank man. you. Thank you. No, no. See, this is why I don't introduce you guys till later. My bad. I'm just playing. Um, but I was gonna say something about that, and I will in just a minute. Um, but it's not just here in the States, of course. Most of the festivals overseas have come down by now. And Fuji Rock in Japan just came down uh in the last 48 hours as well. We had a good experience at Fuji just a couple of years ago, Chris and I. Dallas, you were with us too, weren't you? When we went to uh, Fuji? Sadly, I was not with you guys in Fuji. Mm. So Fuji is two plus hour drive. Could be three from Tokyo. It's far. Depending on the weather, could even be further. And we'd come from Australia with Kendrick and we had a couple of great days in Tokyo. The weather was beautiful. We had an amazing time. It's an incredible city if anyone hasn't been. And Sea Party goes ahead night before, heads up to the mountain. I don't actually know what weather they experienced. Chris, was it raining on your way? No, it was clean. It was very clear. It was nice and peaceful. Great scenery. It's amazing. So they get up there. And I guess they stayed in these like dorm style accommodations on the mountainside. I, I, my recollect, my understanding, I didn't stay myself, but my understanding was it was less than amazing. It's more like the shining. <laughs> there it is. And, um, and then the rain came and I was of course moving with the B party, the band. And we drove through a fucking monsoon to get there. I mean, it was crazy driving up the side of the mountain with rain pelting the Sprinter sideways for hours, it felt like. It was, it was crazy. And we got up there and all of these people camping in, in a freaking storm. And I guess Chris said the day before, maybe it wasn't so bad. But my understanding is it rains like this many times at Fuji, but the fans, they're, they're all there. The place is stuffed. It is a wild scene. We were able to do our show. There was question for a couple minutes about whether we could. 
the video wall had to be, we had to figure out a way to kind of fasten it on the bottom to leave it enough give, but avoid turning it into a sail because it was starting to sway pretty bad. And I feel like we had a couple of issues with lights where fixtures got shorted or something. I don't even remember. I just know it was not the complete show. But the crowd energy was amazing. We had a great night. We had a, a blast. And I can't wait to go back. But again, it's not going to happen this year because it's not going to happen at all, just like anywhere else in the States. Meanwhile, dear leader... President Trump is planning to resume his rallies. And of course, he's moving the convention, Republican National Convention, out of North Carolina to find a state that will accommodate large-scale gatherings for him. And similar to what we would consider a Republican ideal or tradition, NASCAR is coming back with audience inattended, reduced, I love cars. I really do. But to me, I, I really don't get watching cars go in circles for hours and hours, smelling fumes, pollution in the air, no way to hear anybody around you, Confederate flags in every direction. Mind you, meanwhile, NASCAR has come out and said no more Confederate flags, which I completely appreciate. Of course, president takes Exception to this, God only knows why. Same reason he doesn't like Confederate general statues being taken down or streets being renamed. I don't even know where to go with that. To me, it's just, I mean, apparently in his mind, these are all just good people, but what the fuck? Anyway. I'm actually glad that he's going to be hosting these rallies because we can only hope it leads to the spread of the virus to people who at this point still think this whole thing is a fucking hoax. Not that I want anybody to die. I definitely do not. But the notion that this thing is not real is still something that is holding this country back. And whoever thought the leader of the free world would be a German chancellor, but she has been for a while now. Perhaps our guest today knows something about that. We'll get back to him in just a few minutes. Now me, I think instead of all the red Make America Great Again hats, which remind so many people of a time that never was, and infuriate others who view it as a sign of ignorance, which of course is what it is. But I respect them for wearing it because like I said before, it's better to know who the enemy is. And I'm not saying they're the enemy because we need military grade weapons in the streets to wage war, like the US is one giant Gaza Strip or something, where both sides firmly believe that they're in the right. But if anyone out there wishes to create a green hat, says something like, unite the world, unite America, make America thrive, something to that effect, I'm here to say we at this podcast will support you, will promote you, as long as some portion of the proceeds go to supporting sustainable efforts, 
supporting Black Lives Matter, supporting concert industry professionals out of work. And speaking of the concert industry, you've heard their voices already. My esteemed colleagues, Miss Christine Dallas. Hello, how's everybody today? Amazing. Good. Mr. Kyle Hamilton. Good evening, 104 degrees here in Marietta, California. And my brother Banks. Hello there, everybody. I like that tone, thank you. It's worth noting, in addition to the fan favorite festivals like Coachella and Lala, IEBA, the International Entertainment Buyers Association, which is a large organization in this country among entertainment business professionals, just canceled their annual fall conference. And that's a big one for agents, promoters, fair and festival buyers, casinos, etc. basically anyone that buys and sells talent. So this thing is going to keep going. It's going to keep going for a while now. But I did want to ask my associates, and Dallas, you alluded to this already. Isn't it interesting that the cancellations are not coming from the promoters, but they're coming by way of government officials? The city of Chicago, Riverside County, Southern California. Dallas, you brought it up. You're obviously aware of it. What What is your take on that? Just the thought that, I mean, municipalities have a certain code they have to, I guess, adhere to. So they have their needs. But I think the show promoters who also have needs, um, especially in times of crisis, we, you know, they are probably waiting for the authority, such as the municipality, to give them the rulings that they can't proceed, and then they can effectively enact their insurance situation. See, and, and I, think that, I think that's a big part of it. I think that the insurance is a situation. I think, obviously, legality is, is you know, coming from a government official makes more sense. Um, it makes more sense for the promoters also to be able to kind of shift the focus away from themselves, that they don't have to take the blame, the hits, the knock, as it may be. But... Um, yeah, I, I just, I found that interesting, and obviously you noticed it too. Chris, Kyle, do you have another take on why that might be? You know, I get it, but talking about the legalities of it, so you walk outside, you catch it just by randomly walking through somewhere, so who are you going to sue the city? You're going to sue the air? You're going to sue somebody who's walking around you? Makes no sense. Again, it's a virus that you get like everything else. Half of us probably already have it, don't even know it. And everybody's trying to get a buck off something for nothing. Come on now, give me a break. Well, let's be honest, though. It's not a virus like everything else. Again, we've had that conversation. This thing isn't the flu. But but this it's is what's interesting. It's come out a lot lately. It's not just that it spreads by people being so close together. The problem with a large-scale event Similar, by the way, Banks, to the situation in large congregations, which you may have heard already from others, it's because of the singing. It's because of the audience all singing to the artists together. 
by singing out loud, they are invariably spreading their germs, their droplets to everyone around them. And that actually is the biggest reason that live events can't come back so quickly. So I have a question. I'm just curious. So out here in Marietta, um, and I have friends that live like in the Gardena area, but Marietta is about 90 miles from Gardena's, give or take. So Target in Marietta, you walk into Target, nobody has masks on. There's full of everything. No problem. You go to Target in Gardena, you have to wear a mask. You have to wear this. You have to wear that. If it's so like what everybody's saying it is, it should be the same in both counties. It should be the same everywhere. So why is it that 90 miles away is no problem, but in the inner city, it's an epidemic? I mean, that's a good question, although I think the answer is it comes down to leadership and responsibility for making those decisions. Again, if, been, it's, if it's that lethal, like everybody's saying it is. Well, well it's it's saying, the, the, the president saying, isn't saying it's lethal. But I'm, he's what I'm not. saying, yes, well, this is what it is. They say approximately, probably 80%, if not more, are, are asymptomatic, just like if you have a cold, you're asymptomatic. If you have a flu, well, some are saying that. Some are so, saying, but you don't and, know that that's the truth. And 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 now they're saying there's a spike. How can you know there was a spike? There was never ever a control to know who had it, who didn't have it. So one minute is 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 killing everybody and and it's ravaging everything, and then the next minute it's doing absolutely nothing. Not well, I'm not saying absolutely nothing, but it's not as lethal as people are saying it is. Is it is it is it something out there that's uh, boosting? situation as maybe enhancing what you could already have of course i'm not refuting that but to shut the world down and and the united states to shut the world down literally for two stadiums worth of people who have succumbed to it is ludicrous well again we're trying to okay they say okay now on top of that they say there's um just just use round numbers 1.6 million people uh cases of it a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand have died. That means one point five have recovered or are recovering. Well, nobody but wait, talk, wait, 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 wait. Okay, hold recovery. on, hold on. First of all, recovery. first of all, that is a very large percentage of people that have died compared no, to what any I'm saying, other. Virus. If you say a hundred, there's a hundred and six, a hundred and six, one point six million cases. This is a simple. This is the math that they're giving us: one point six million cases. 100,000 have died. That means 1.5 are recovering or have recovered. That still means more than 5% of the people that have gotten it have died. So that is a large number, a large percentage. Again, that oh. is even relatively low because okay, realistically, more people have had it or have it than they even know. But let's dispense Hell, with the this. Test, the, the test isn't mm-hmm. even true. The test is half wrong. So one in four people take a test and one and, and one of them is wrong. Right, but one, but but one in one and a half people haven't been able to get a test yet. So let's. I mean, let's I don't not want, even. I don't we, want we don't test, know nor do I number. even want to get a vaccination. I never even had a few vaccination, and I okay. never will get one. All right, I hear you. I appreciate rant over. You good? I'm 
balance as always. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the spirit of the discussion. I still think that in the absence of adequate testing, there's no way to truly quantify the numbers. I think the reason that the measures that were taken was because that we wanted to avoid that the number of deaths being north of a million, which, which, which is, you know, I mean, Thank goodness it's not, and let's hope it doesn't get there. We still don't know. We won't know. The The reason that there is so much unknowing is because, again, one, absence of genuine leadership. Two, absence of consistency. Three, just the news cycle and the way social media and the internet has changed the world. Information goes so quick, quickly. The president does everything he can to distract attention from anything that makes him look bad because why the fuck would he care about anybody else when it's more important he cares about himself and no one else again i'll stop on that but i'm gonna just say this here we are with even with the death of george floyd they choke him out but he has coronavirus all of a sudden from weeks before the hell give me a break they throw coronavirus on everybody you get shot in the chest oh he died of coronavirus give me a break I mean, you're scooping me if that's true. I did not know that. It certainly doesn't change my position of the situation. I can't imagine it changes yours. I understand what you, you're, the point you're trying to make, but moving on, moving on. The, moving on, there are still agents out there that think that concerts are coming back. I know that because I'm actually on the distro list for a few of the major territorial agents from different companies around this business. Primarily country artists, mind you, but definitely still artists and agents out there circulating avails for 2020. Who knows? Who knows? Again, this news cycle moves so quickly. I, I, I don't think any of us know the answer. Kyle and I can go on and on about this all day long. Both of us are fully capable of playing both sides here. I just think the answer is we don't know. But to lend some perspective, to bring a little international flavor to the program. Today, we are introducing our first international guest. Very happy to have him with us. He is from Rotterdam, which is in the Netherlands, close to The Hague, part of the country considered called Holland. Once upon a time, I think people thought Holland was the Netherlands. It's not actually the case. Rotterdam's about 90, 80, 90 kilometers from Amsterdam. Um, interesting little factoid. It was once known as the spy center of the world. It's also Europe's biggest seaport, which could explain the whole spy situation. But anyway, just wanted to give everybody a little history lesson there. Our guest today started in a 350 cap Rock Club, featured artists like Nick Lowe, U2, Tom Petty, Talking Heads. He became the lighting and set designer of one of the few major Dutch rock bands to ever have a hit, a band called Golden Earring. I'm not sure many of our listeners, to be honest with you, will know who that is. But out of lighting and set design, he actually took an interest in rigging, which I have a lot of questions about. It certainly begs the question, is he a bit of a daredevil, risk-taker, lunatic, what have you? But this gentleman formed Rotterdam Rigging in 1995. 
was involved in the Sochi and Rio Olympics in 2014 and 16, respectively. He later founded Show Group in Santiago, Chile. So talk about spreading himself around the world and not necessarily in the places everyone else is going. And then more recently formed All for Events and Entertainment back home in the Netherlands. Please welcome Marcus Musia. Hi there. Did I say your last name right? Musia? It's Musia. Yeah, it's okay. Musia. I apologize for that. Marcus Musia. Thank you for being with us. Did did I get your bio right? Can you add anything yeah, to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, had a, I had a brief um, a moment of, um, I had a company in, in Moscow with a with a couple of riggers there. But um, thanks to the, to, to, uh, the, uh, the ruble uh, going down, uh, down uh, in um, comparing, in comparison with the, uh, Euro. I decided to uh, stop uh, my business in uh, in Russia, and uh, and we moved over to um, Santiago, Chile. Yeah. Interesting. But that, apart from that, uh, you you pretty much nailed it. Yeah. So I, I do know a little something about the Netherlands, just because I happen to have recently started managing group called Let It Happen, based in the southern part of the Netherlands, which is okay. nowhere close to Amsterdam. And and what I'm finding is, one, most of the people that I talk to in the States have no idea where the Netherlands is. Well, Two, everybody's it, heard of Amsterdam. <laughs> well, I was going to say, the, the, the few that, it, that have heard of it yeah. think it's Amsterdam and nothing else. I was just talking to, the other day, a major executive who is a major artist himself for many, many years, has been in the business for literally 35 years. I won't say his name because I don't want to embarrass him, but he literally said, I've never even been to the Netherlands. And I said, you've never been to Amsterdam. And he said, Oh, I've been to Amsterdam many times. And that just tells you what people know about the Netherlands. But even with this group of mine, let it happen. You know, we've, we've been starting to do some film and television, some opportunities in music and trying to find examples of other young artists doing what they're doing and leaning on them or looking to the way they've started building their business in the Netherlands is, is almost impossible because of how few examples there are. And again, I, I, I said people don't know Golden Earring, but I think a lot of our audience would be even more surprised to hear that there was once a major act called the Netherlands called Earth and Fire. Yeah. Not to be confused with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth yeah. and Fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but they, 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 they're not existing anymore. Golden Earring still does. And you had another band that was pretty famous in the States, but it was in the 60s called um, Shocking Blue. They had the number Venus. Remember okay. that one? To be honest, the uh, name of the band sounds familiar. I can't say I know the track. I will Genius. go back and listen for sure. Okay, okay. <laughs> and thank you for the education. Yeah. But again, it speaks to, I mean, to me, it just doesn't seem like there are a ton of people, of Dutch people coming into this business. What? It's a very small country in the first place. But I mean, again, tell us a little more about what got you interested. Tell us about the club and the experience you had starting out with some of these legendary bands that were coming through. Well, in in the, I'm talking about the late 70s or 
Uh, and there was a lot of uh, there was there was uh, in Amsterdam you had Paradiso. You still still club still, still exists. And there was a because there was there was a lot of um, bands touring that were doing small clubs. I f- don't think you nowadays most of the bands they they really make they really go up the ladder really fast. They especially with YouTube and. You know, all of a sudden they are. You can't even keep up with the with with how much fame they accumulate in very short time. But in those days, you had uh, you had in the you had the British pub rock, which were bands that were playing. They had to make they had to play clubs to make a living. And I, I guess you, the, the same thing was in in the states, although there was no. They were just bands trying to, you know, to, to tour, and these and so, the in this club where I where I worked, there was only uh, the, I think maximum audience was 350 people. I would see like uh, Tom Waits, uh, Steel Pulse, uh, 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 I, uh, British rock groups, Doctor Feelgood, and and the 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 stage was was um, one and a half uh, less than five feet high I mean it was it it was there was no you know you would stand almost on stage when you you know it was everything was you were standing up real close so we saw uh, I, I I did see um, simple minds you too you know with a for an audience of 200 nobody knew who they were. And then a couple of years later, they were too big for uh, for even the 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 the, the Ahoy Hall or uh, the the bigger arenas. But uh, that 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 to me was so um, interesting to see these bands work, and I and I um, I wanted to uh, be a part of that. Uh, you know, the exi- the the intensity, especially the. Uh, um, the the was very creative with small sets of lighting and and uh, the the whole intensity of the of this especially of these small groups I was was to me was uh, was very um, um, inspiring so I wanted to be a part of that so I was so I. Uh, I started working for uh, not only for local uh, as a local uh, uh, technician, but also as a, I wanted to go on tour with bands. So, so you pick up I, with. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. No, so that's and then I got involved with some um, some bigger acts in 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 the Netherlands, and then. From uh, for, because of the the local promoters like Mojo concerts, which which was pretty, they they would do a lot of international uh, touring acts, uh, getting them to, you know fly them in to the Netherlands or to Europe, and then they they would need uh, 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 local uh, technicians because the, you know for, because of the, the the costs to cut the costs. So I would work for. I don't know so many like uh, um, um, 
I don't know. Um, I can, there was well, Doctor Feelgood. We I, I did a two week tour. Uh, the Stranglers, pretty much the punk scene came up in the, in those days. Uh, you had a, a punk rock band, The Damned. There was uh, uh, I did a couple of shows for Joy Division in uh, in France, Belgium, and the Netherlands. So that's how I got involved in uh, in the touring uh, uh, business. And then uh, I was asked by Golden Earring, who was that at those days they were pretty big. They just had uh, had a big hit in uh, in uh, in the U.A. USA with Twilight Zone. They were f- they were pretty big because they had the number one hit Greater Love just a couple of years before I I, uh, I joined them and. Uh, and and from there on, I stayed with the Golden Earring for I think oh, tw- twenty six years or so. I did a lot of tours with them. So, first of all, shout out to Mojo Concerts. I'm glad you mentioned them. They're still around. They still produce world class festivals. Yeah. Martin, JC, Young Chris, some yeah. really great, great yeah. people there. Big yeah, fan. Sean Mulder, you know Sean Mulder, of course. Mm-hmm. He used to, he used to, he was my predecessor with Golden Earring. He was the okay. light technician before. He's now a CEO of uh, Mojo Concerts. Nice, yeah. very nice. Well, I'm glad you mentioned them. I definitely have an affinity for those guys, and uh, both. And and again, they do everything from small clubs on up to world-class major festivals they are yeah. you know great producers across the netherlands yeah. in particular and yeah. just really good people do a first-class job yeah. um yeah. so i mean you start out as i understand as you're moving into major arena size artist production doing lighting but you transition into rigging why rigging i i'm i i don't that that doesn't seem like a common path well, to me well i it's a, i i in those days there was not too many much uh not too many really big jobs in 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 the netherlands or in wet in in uh western europe so i would um i had a I was uh, in with Golden Earring, and also with I did some uh, fashion shows in the in Paris, and I would be uh, I would have carte blanche uh, if uh, if you understand my French in, 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 in for for designing and 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 doing the show exactly the way I wanted to. You know, the only mm-hmm. the only person I I had to talk to was uh, like with. Um, with Jean Paul Gaultier was 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 the the, the, the Jean Paul Gaultier with uh, Frank Hovers, a Dutch uh, um, designer. It was Frank Hovers, and with the Golden Earring, it was Barry Hay, the lead singer, and and uh, the rest. They just wanted to uh, have certain moments that they were not in the dark, and and the, the follow spots were on them, you know, during solos. But apart from that, I I could pretty much decide what I wanted to. And then later on, you, 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 I was asked by other artists and or or other shows like uh, some. Uh, one time, I remember I was doing. I was asked to do a lighting uh, show for uh, for um, a big fashion show, and there was the and there was a director involved and a creative director. 
and I couldn't handle those guys. Um, they they were they would they were they they you know you to me it was too stressful and I didn't really like the the stressful part of it and not being able to uh, be creative you know I, you you I would slow I was slowly. Uh, um, um, being uh, set in a position where I was just a guy who could operate a desk really good, and you know, like uh, like a type, type, like a secretary. Like I was, I, I I was only typing the show as fast as 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 possible, uh, and and there was this some guy sitting next to me and with with crazy ideas and. And there, you know, I, I didn't like the, the struggle with uh, the interaction, interaction with uh, with the, with these people. So, so, and I, and I, but I liked uh, the, the 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 I liked um, uh, rigging, the 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 because it it was it was uh, adventurous especially in those days there were no safety lines it was kind of um uh um there was an element there was a technical element you like we first started we, of course we started doing uh, factory works drawings and then and then trying to ma- make sure that we can uh, hang as much as possible in a venue even go way up to the limit and there was, uh, there was uh, for me that was more satisfying. Plus, I didn't have to talk to the creative people <laughs> of of the of the the bands I was working for, or the concerts I was, uh, or the productions I was doing. But I was just talking to the technical people, and I and I um, and I found out that I had more. Um, um, uh, I more shared interests with the technical people than with the with the so-called um, designers and uh, and creative people. So, so you really actually just raised two of the questions that I was going to ask you next, yeah. and I'm so yeah. glad that you did. The yeah. first one, of course, is who in their right fucking mind wants to climb 60, 80, 100 feet in the air to walk across a piece of steel hanging literally by a small piece of thread. If that, as you said back then, there were often no supports, nothing to, to, you know, to keep you from falling to your death. That is weird, but you don't have to answer that one. That, 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 I mean, you can, but of course the second part of that question, which I think is actually, you know, I mean, maybe more interesting to me, not necessarily to our viewers. So, of course, feel free to tackle both. But the second part of that question was in relation to you referenced the vector works. You rec- you you referenced the technical elements of the job. Mm-hmm. And that to me is actually really interesting because we've talked to a number of industry professionals and vendors that vendors are increasingly look being looked at as technology companies. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious if you can talk to us about how the concept of STEM, STEM learning and technology factor into rigging. I, I don't really know the, what you mean with STEM. STEM, uh, what, what, what? STEM is uh, science, 
technology. Um, what is what is the rest of it? Engineering and mathematics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the well, the, I, uh, I can. The first, I still so let me go back to your first question. The first, sure. the, the the there was a we had a, a, a an artist in Holland. He was he he was a very big fan of Frank Sinatra, and he would go to see Frank Sinatra's show in Las Vegas uh, every year. And he wanted to do a Frank Sinatra show, you know, himself in in uh, in uh, Ahoy in Rotterdam, big venue, eighteen thousand people seated and uh and he uh and he he had some guy he had some uh Amer- he had an american rigger fans brian and some and, and an uh, american uh, uh light designer steve camp fly in from the states to to set his up and of course these guys needed to uh, work with the local people i was one of those people and uh, at one point uh there was uh, some arguments about somebody had to fix something in the roof and somebody got really pissed off and fans and and I was uh, I was sitting backstage with some people in uh, in those days the first um, uh, fairy lights came out they were very harsh about the technology so they were all under lock and key and the technicians operating them they were sitting backstage and i was very much interested in those new uh, lighting systems so i was sitting with them and we were drinking some uh, some scotch and then uh, then all of a sudden the the, the guy the friends brian came in and he was really pissed so we thought we had a problem because we didn't want him to know that we were just have have taken our first glass of scotch and he shouted to me that he had a problem and he needed some guy to fix it for him. So I was so I was more scared of getting caught. So I ran over to where I had to go up in the roof, and I said, "Oh no, no worry, I'll fix it, uh, fans. No problem, I'll uh, I'll fix it for you." And I and I and I climbed into into the roof and I fixed it without thinking, and then everything was all and I fixed the problem. I came down, and he said. Uh, have you ever considered uh, rigging? <laughs> you don't have, uh, you're not afraid of heights, are you? No, 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 I don't know. So that's, uh, and he, he was a very famous rigger. He had Vanguard rigging. I don't know, maybe you heard of the company. It was, uh, was in 85. And so so that's, that's how I got involved in rigging. And in those days, you would, um, to get to the second question, in those days, we would make um, lighting plots with um, with transparent paper paper on top of each other, like layers, and we would make the truss. We we'd make drawings of the trusses, and then on top we would make drawings of the of the lighting, and then on top we put another uh, layer of uh, of transparent paper, and we would with the black um, uh, pen. We would mark the the channels, and, and and we would mark the colors, and then and and how we would put it in 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 the in the in the in the dimmer racks, you know those were the old days, all analog, no uh, no computers, nothing, and and then and then we also had to uh, think of how calculate the 
the the weight in the roof. So we did all all that. So whenever so when we when we started working with uh, in those days Minicot, the the first programs from uh, I think back then it was Deal Graphsoft or what now it's called Vectorworks, Nemechek. And uh, and we started and but we had the discipline of working with layers, classes, and and, and uh, so for I I gradually grew into drawing this, the same drawings I did on paper, but then with a computer. And nowadays we have brace works. We have uh, we we make uh, we make we we can almost go to where the con- so we can almost g- give the calculations uh like uh, to the constructors co- constructors companies from the venues like it's their wet dream they don't have to do anything anymore they just see if the drawing if if the calculations are correct and uh and we get a green light usually you know we have we have sometimes we have, we I remember with uh, Madonna in uh, Amsterdam Arena there was a, I think there was 140 kilograms left in the roof. You know, it was a 140 ton uh, set, and it 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 should have been hung from a stageco uh, roof, but we skipped the stageco uh, uh, roof and we we hung it all in the in the roof of the Amsterdam Arena. So. The, and there was no uh, there was no problem with the construction uh, constructors company from from the venue. So, I uh, to that, does that answer your question or? Sure, sure. So uh, well, well, let's talk about it, take it a little bit further then. So this past weekend here in the states, an iron worker fell at the SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, fell sixty feet to his death. Oh wow. Um, and that reminded us, we were talking about this on a program the other day about a rigger who had passed at Coachella a couple of years ago. I'm sure you're familiar. Yeah, I've heard of, yeah, I'm familiar with that one. Yeah. yeah. So in considering the weights and the balance and all of the other, as we would say, STEM related, uh, technical considerations, yeah. talk to us a little bit about the liability that's involved and, and not just the safety of you or the people that you employ as riggers, but the safety of the artists that are below and, and the audience too, for that matter. Well, in, in, uh, in, uh, we have, um, we have, uh, in Europe, there is a lot of, uh, well, first of all, let me, let me put it this way. My, my, me, me, uh, my company, I, I employ 24 people and uh, four people in the, in the office and then 20, People, uh, uh, riggers, they, and they, they, they have to when they, when they, uh, when they start working for me. The first three weeks, they do nothing but take courses. They have to have their health and safety. They have to have their uh, be able to. Um, I don't know we, how you call this. We call it B BFA. It's it's um, it's. It's certification for uh, you have to be able to re- 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 resuscitate somebody or, you know, give uh, first aid 
Oh, okay. Then, then you have to have a level one Irata training, which is a week training. Then you have TCVT W48 uh, training, which is a week training where, where uh, we, uh, that's industrial training for uh, carrying heavy loads. In Holland, in Europe, everything under 5,000 kilo, kilograms uh, you can do uh, without this, this training. Although most of the times, uh, like we use Columbus McInnes uh, mo- motors, or they the 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 the, the heaviest uh, the lift you can do is two 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 thousand kilo, but uh, if you combine those, you do carry you do lift more than uh, five thousand kilograms. So I decided to get all my staff trained for a week in this TCVT. W48 uh, certificate, which is very, uh, which is you can uh, you can this it's the it's the last part before you start um, uh, doing the training for um, uh, heavy crane lifting. So um, uh, then uh, some people some people who I employ get to get to get the Vectorworks training. And if they get the Vectorworks training, some of them uh, go through and, and get the training, which uh, it is, uh, we call it Bauken, which is like um, uh, building engineering. A similar, it's, a, it's, not a, it's, a, it's a weak, weak core, weekly course, and also they get a, a separate training to do braceworks. So that's that's all. The, that's a lot of training. I mean, that's uh, that's 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 uh, if you do it, uh, if you if you all combine it, you it will take you at least three months to do this training. And 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 some sometimes I've had it that they take the training and they decide it's not for them. So it's the risk I'm willing to take, but in order to uh to achieve safe safe um safe rigging as uh, for themselves doing the irata and the and the health and safety and for uh the people who are standing under the, under uh the loads uh do the construction engineering and uh, heavy, heavy heavy lifting engineering courses so that's 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 the f- that's what I do as a company to eliminate uh, risk. And then in uh, in uh, in Germany, they and I think this gonna is going to be the, the I think it's going to be worldwide wide regulations because even American acts nowadays when they come to Germany, they they all they so we the, everybody wants to have the double break. And a high, uh, much higher safety factor on uh, on dynamic load. Uh, uh, so mm-hmm. every 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 load hung above uh, uh, audiences or or artists in Europe now, well, especially in Germany, has to be uh, factor one to ten with a double break. So and and if you can't do that, then you have to uh, do separate safeties, which is, which I think and 
and and the stages here like stageco they do use over over dimension on their uh, also they also use high safety factors on their uh, constructions so i think that's how we try to eliminate uh, uh we had no, we, i think we the last uh, person dying in in uh, in 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 holland was a rigger i think it was 12 years ago or something and it was a uh, and it was somebody who went it went uh, in the roof without a harness and he, he he really fucked up he made uh, terrible mistakes and there was nobody to to tell him not to make these mistakes but tell uh, me uh, tell me again the term you used when you talked about the double safety did you say that was dynamic rigging is that what that was called no, well, it's uh, C1. Uh, we we have uh, B uh, 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 WA plus, mm-hmm. and then you uh, so you have DA plus, and then uh, you have SIL three, which we d- you do with dynamic, uh, like mm-hmm. uh, with um, uh, anything uh, like Tate uh, uh, in uh, uses uh, SIL three systems where the uh, the hoists know, especially if they if they if they're moving hoists, if they're um, if they if they operate moving parts, where you want to have uh, where you want to know uh, the the capacity or the, the you want to constantly know how much weight is in under the motor. So uh, there is also always a load cell involved. And and if they and if there's uh, more than one uh, hoist uh, carrying the same load, there's all kinds of safety measures. When so when uh, one um, hoist gets uh, little or no uh, uh, load, uh, detects not enough load, then it will stop. Or when it gets too much uh, uh, weight on the on the hoist, it will stop too. So there is, I think there is a lot of um, uh, regulations uh, um, and 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 safety devices uh, in uh, coming into into the industry, and it's also necessary because the loads are getting more a uh, lot more heavy nowadays, and 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 also the 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 the, the sets are getting much more complicated you know the, the it's not like in the old days you had in the old days when we had a big show it was 40 hoists you know that was that was really big that was like sex and a, a big heavy uh, or iron maiden and they i remember they had uh I, I don't know they had uh 50 hoists or something for their show now if you see uh, they start just started touring last year again I think they had uh, 160 in uh, uh, hoist, and that's and that's not even a big show for us. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty big show, I will say. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean, I, honestly, I've always had tremendous respect for riggers and rigging. I n- I never considered all of the engineering considerations and the certification you're referring to. I, I am curious, and you did allude to this. Are these I, I'm. I mean, great to hear your company is doing them, but are they European standards? Are they global standards? 
It certainly sounds like they should be. Well, no, there is no, uh, there is no, there is not, there is, I mean, I think now Corona is doing actually a great job for, for, uh, for now all of a sudden we have, um, we have, um, we have, uh, like a sort of union coming up for, for, uh, for, uh, um, dry hire companies in the, in the, in the entertainment business. Uh, rigging companies in the entertainment business, and then there is a union to 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 you know there's to because now we need to, to now we have to try to talk to the government with one with one voice and try and try to um, uh, make sure that all the, the all the demands of all these small companies and uh, entertainment companies and also the bigger companies like uh, like mojo concerts and, and and dry hire companies in holland and production companies are being heard so now all of a sudden uh, there is uh, there is there is a lot of um, talk between all these um, people trying to uh, so i i think if this it, if I think if we could do this internationally, you can, you can maybe get some sort of standard for the for the business. But it 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 was never this way. I mean, everybody now is following. Uh, you know, you you only you know what I think uh, the touring you, the touring you you guys are touring people. If you if uh, the if you uh, you know that when you come to Germany you have to have the, you have the most you have the strictest uh, regulations in the world because they want double safeties everywhere they, they you know they they were they were always called a very a pain in the ass you had to wear helmets everybody you know all kinds of regulations the the, the load exceeding seventy five percent of the of the of the capacity of the hoist should be double safety. And and so you see that now that that lately the the touring uh, the the bands who do world tours and when they go go to Europe they just take the German safety so they know they're they're good in uh, in Italy France Belgium England you know so it, it's going to happen but it's not official. Well, we, we talk a, a lot about improved standards on this podcast. We talk a lot about yeah. taking advantage of this break from the, the workflow in order to, yeah. you know, in, in order to make those improvements. And, yeah. and we, we, we talked to Jim Digby of the Event Safety Alliance, if you're familiar uh-huh. with Jim. Um, of course, Jim had a tragic occurrence early in his career where a light fixture killed a woman right in front of him. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, he's been on a crusade for a number of years to uh-huh. improve safety measures. He talks about how the event safety guide in the States is, uh, you know, the equivalent of essentially the Purple Brook uh, in Europe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. again, so much of what you're talking about, I, I mean, I never want to do a tour again where there aren't double sa- safeties on everything, where there yeah. are, I mean, I'm all about efficiency, don't get me wrong, but yeah. safety comes first, yeah. absolutely number one. And yeah. and the rigor really does have a critical job in terms mm-hmm. of keeping people secure because 
they are, you know, responsible for what is above people's heads. And, you know, to your point, 160 plus points is a lot of weight to be considered and a lot of stress. And, um, yeah, I, I can only hope that there are additional safety measures taken worldwide that are embraced globally. Are there enough qualified riggers worldwide and are there certification programs in the states and elsewhere asia australia etc to really properly train these people no 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 should you be that guy is that your next venture i'm just saying no no 10 percent here that's all i'm asking i I mean let's do this no 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 (laughs) i no 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 i i went to uh, when i started in chile I remember that um, the the we I flew there and uh, Phil Collins was doing his show there, and they had a they had a scaffolding uh, stage built with uh, I mean I would I was scared to even walk on the stage you know <laughs> <laughs> there was and they was and they were hanging uh, you know big big sets of lighting and uh, and big sound systems and it was all scaffolding i mean it, it, it they they had of course i mean i remember when uh first bruce springsteen show in uh, in rotterdam in uh, in um, in uh, Feyenoord, in the Kuip, in the big stadium here in uh, it's uh, 80,000 people see this uh, uh, stadium it's really big and and uh, and we and the, that but that was in '84. I mean, and and they they only did it once like this. They 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 immediately health and safety people from Rotterdam. They they couldn't cancel the show, but they, they, this 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 was something nobody wanted to see another time. Uh, and and in and in Chile they would they still doing shows like this and now they bought a, a very big aluminum uh, stage from Eurotrust in Holland, so they they bought a stage where you you know with with arches and and, and diagonals and, and something that that was uh, that you that you uh, build up with with hoists you know not with cranes and so. There is a, yeah. There is there is a lot of uh, countries still where there is where there there is a lot of people, um, you know, very they're willing and they want to learn, but they're still uh, pretty much in the dark ages. I think. Yeah. Well, it's it's like you're anticipating my questions here. I'm glad that we've got this this rhythm going because mm-hmm. my next question was, I mean, all of us here have been to Santiago, Chile for one tour or another, yeah. mostly, you know, doing well, the Then you know the stage in the, uh, the outdoor arena, you know them? In What's that? The the big the big uh the big the the foot the soccer stadium where this Yeah, show. where who died? Somebody some dreadful thing happened there. Huh? Some horrible history there. There was some horrible history there years ago. Yeah, the mother grid fell. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. 
So what, what, what was your impetus for starting a company there? Unless it's just the obvious that you saw the need because good grief, the resources in South America. Well, they didn't have loads. They didn't have uh, hoists. They didn't have trussing. So, and I, at, at the, at the end of the Olympic games in Brazil, I had some, uh, uh, some Brazilian guys wanting to buy the my uh, the the set the 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 I had three uh, containers of material, uh, mostly hoists and some trusses, and they were really very enthusiastic to to buy the the material because there was uh, they wanted to do the Pan, Pan American Games and some other uh, there was a big festival in in. Uh, in Buenos Aires, and so they asked me if if and but it was a it was a big deal. It was a three and a half million euro deal, and in the end, they, I, I I I I found out that they were trying to steal and rob me. You know, they were trying to make they they were making payments, but as soon as I wanted to get the money, shift the money to another account, they would, uh, they, the money would be gone. So they, they would make wire transfers and then get the money back. So, so the deal didn't go through because they were, uh, they were not legit. And then my, uh, my, my a buddy of mine, uh, a Czechoslovakian, Stano Kusik, he was, uh, he, uh, he, we decided we wanted to do uh, both do, uh, uh, go in the tender for the Pan American Games. But in order to do so, we had to have a, a South American company and we decided the most um, um, stable co- government in South America was Chile. Because of the banking system, and and also uh, because of Montevideo, uh, you could um, you could easily uh, import uh, material to Chile. So we we thought we we start in Chile. We start that as our base, and then we try to get these. Uh, two major events like the Pan American Games and then this uh, uh, Buenos Aires uh, big festival and Lollapalooza in Santiago. And but it uh, we didn't win the the tender for the Pan American Games and uh, Buenos Aires uh, uh, Argentina Argentina was uh, was uh, go- going bankrupt, so. We just thought, well, then we just started dry hiring in uh, in Santiago. But um, it, my my buddy is still uh, is still uh, having this company. It's called Show Group. But I I quit because I couldn't handle the the fact that they would hire stuff, and then uh, they would they would come and uh, it would go in open lorries. And then, uh, then the next day they would come back and need more, and you know it was it's it's crazy. <laughs> the, the, it's very unorganized, and everything is very ad hoc, very uh, on the spur of the moment. There's no planning, no 
no drawings made up. Uh, it's uh, so that's why I got out. But uh, it it could have worked, but there was no i i ideologic uh, um, uh, ideology for me to to educate <laughs> Latin America. <or> so. <laughs> Well, again, we, we've all seen what that means in terms of the production resources available. So kudos to yeah. you for even trying. Uh, certainly, it sounds like it takes a mind like yours and an understanding of those safety standards and the engineering and so forth to, you know, yeah. to get into business at that level and in remote parts of the world where resources may be limited and stands to reason this has something to do with why you're getting Olympic games. Um, I yeah. mean, what was your experience in Sochi and in Rio? Can you tell us a little more about that? Well, Sochi was, um, was, uh, crazy because the, 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 the Russians, they, they really, they are, um, I, first of all, I love the I love the Russian people, and the people in Sochi were great too. But they are, uh, and and they have the resources to make. You know, they they really can build. I mean, no no doubt about it. But they they uh, they were very hard on their uh, on the on their the people working there. They are, it's a very hierarchic. Uh, um, uh, um, um, the, 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 yeah, it's 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 very high. The hierarchy in 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 Russia is 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 crazy. I mean, you you got to go to a lot of bureaucracy to get something done. But uh, I really liked it. Uh, the it it it. it um, the the whole the buildings they made and uh, and the stadiums they were really they they were really I've never seen anything like it making you know like Sochi was a small um, small uh, like uh, some Moritz like it was a small like uh, Sun Valley Idaho it was a, I don't know if that's even big but it was a small um, um, a ski resort. And all of a sudden, they have uh, highways and 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 and, and stadiums uh, for, for uh, to you know where you can sit uh, uh, 140,000 people. You know, it was everything was over the top, which was really great. And then uh, Brazil was uh, was was well, Brazil. What can you tell about Brazil? Everybody, everybody in Brazil got mugged. <laughs> there was uh you know uh, the, the the there was no bureaucracy in uh, in in Brazil but there was uh I've never seen so many many uh, uh police and uh checkpoints and you know you you, you come in uh they don't check you once they check you 20 or 30 times or so hmm. but uh but Brazil was also good for us. For us, uh, you know, my my team they like to travel, they like to go places, and of course, with productions like this, you you spend like at least three or four, sometimes five months in a 
you know so we the logistics is uh, is tough we have to make we have to arrange for our own um, um, uh, uh, like um, we have to have we have to find apartments for reasonable prices so it's uh, for me the the fun part is to to organize the the logistics the production the the, the sleeping facilities the cars the transportation uh, from from here to to uh, to Brazil or or, or or Sochi and then back and also the to make sure that the equipment is safe and nobody can steal you know those are the those are the I, I that's what I like to do yeah so since then you've formed a company back home all for events and entertainment yeah. I, 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 what type of things are you doing? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, we, we thought about because this was going to be, uh, uh, for us, this was going to be a very um, uh, good uh, year because we were looking at the Eurovision Song Festival Grand Prix in Zandvoort, which is uh, Formula One. Uh, we had uh, Invictus Games. Which is uh, for uh, for for uh, soldiers who are wounded. Uh, it's very big, like it's it's under the IOC, like like a part of the Olympic uh, organization. Uh, we had UEFA. I think it was the uh, uh, European Cup. Um, I can go on and on and on. We had so much work lined up. So. Uh, uh, there is always, uh, apart from rigging, there is also there is even bigger de- demand for like pipe and drape, uh, curtains, um, um, uh, couches, um, refrigerators, uh, lights, uh, small desks, uh, and. I uh, hooked up with a guy who did uh, who had all areas for uh, they did a lot of uh, they were a, uh, one of the side companies for Mojo concerts and and he and we decided to uh, he he sold his company and he was a little bored and uh, then we decided to hook up and uh, and uh, start um, to provide uh, these uh, these items for uh, big uh, big concerts. So uh, we, we 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 say everything without a plug. We rent everything without a plug. Interesting. So the dressing, everything in the dressing room, and the only thing in the dressing room with with a plug will be the uh, 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 some some very not sophist- so sophisticated lighting and uh, and a refrigerator. But I'm a little bit amused by this, of course, because eh? again, rigging we know isn't doesn't require plugs either. Presumably, plugs, audio, lighting, video, etc. But in talking about all the technical considerations and all of that, you went yeah. almost the other way when you came back home. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I I have a I have a with the rigging company. I my clients are like PAG UK. PSG, um, uh, Germany, uh, uh, Neck Earth, um, uh, Unusual Rigging, uh, and Holland, uh, the, the, the bigger production companies. 
in Germany and in Belgium and so you know so 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 the my people and and my materials they I don't have you know the there is I'm I'm they 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 easily find me and and since our uh, people are our staff is you know uh, high standard and also the materials are high standard so we I, I it's from it's very easy for me to to uh, rent uh, the materials as well as uh, 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 do productions because we have the the staff uh, to do so so I have so I had some time and um, an opportunity to uh, do something else you know and um, so I did yeah <laughs> So tell us this. Venues across Europe are starting to reopen slowly, granted limited capacity. Certainly the festivals this season seem to have gone away much like everywhere else in the world. But the U.S. is, of course, way behind the curve. Certainly there are Nordic regions not far from you where uh, they believe mid-size events will be happening in the immediate future. Um, Yeah. Well, I think yeah. I I think in the beginning now now there's only a matter of the governments because they're they're um, the most like Lowlands was only cancelled a month ago because they were still wanting to they want because they had pandemic insurance most of these festivals and because the they they couldn't if if you cancel the 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 festival. Then you don't get uh, pandemic insurance, but uh, you, but if the government says um, uh, uh, they are not allowed, then 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 they then they get the money from the insurance companies. I think I, I they hope so because there is so many companies now uh, uh, claiming uh, uh, these claims. To, to insurance companies, but so what? What we're waiting for is for uh, a light at the end of the tunnel, and the governments to say that we like that we have that we can do major events up to like say one thousand, two thousand, three thousand, or or so people, uh, and 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 when. And also, there is a lot of talk now if we sh- if like now they want to say they say for example you can have live events uh, until 1000 people but they don't say how many people per square meter or per square uh, uh, meter you can have so for example the Zigo dome in in Amsterdam you can have 18000 people there so but if you if now the government com, uh, has restrictions from uh, events up till 1000 people so but uh, the there is a we, we we like to know if this if if big events can do like if we we rather have like um, uh, uh, the restrictions that we can do like a quarter uh, people per per meter like normally, an event will, will 
count 3.20 persons per square meter. And uh, with all these restrictions, if you if we if you if we say okay, now you can do like uh, 0.4 persons per meter, then you would still have in a in a venue where you can easily normally would do 1,000 people. You could do with with the proper uh, measures. You could do 400 people. So uh, we are trying to. Uh, have a dialogue with the government to make sure that there is uh, that that we can think about uh, uh, more uh, uh, venues with more with high capacity venues, getting the 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 amount of people uh, uh, allowed in to get get those rates uh, those um, uh, uh, figures uh, up. Get, get the amounts higher. So, and also the and also they they are fair, they are looking into um, um, uh, what to do with uh, air conditioning or with um, with um, uh, with with high um, uh, with purification. Sure. Yeah, with with uh, with uh, with uh, air conditioning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, with yeah, and they they I think so. I I think we're only. Three months in lockdown, and now they're 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 easing off on the restrictions. I think in another three months you'll see that there's a lot of uh, uh, venues are opening up, and you'll see the numbers going up because I don't think they even if we get a second um, wave, I think they can go back to the to the heavy restrictions that we had in the beginning. I don't well, think, I think so. that that's a sentiment everywhere. I'm not sure that the U.S. is anywhere close to the reopening the way you're talking about. The consideration sounds like you guys are. Well, I think in New York they're bending the curve. I like uh, I like Cuomo. We uh, we uh, he's mm-hmm. a, he looks like he's a sensible guy, and I think they they are. Uh, I think they're going in the right direction. Well, I certainly hope you're right, but I again, I'm thinking specifically in terms of do I believe concerts will be back in a substantial capacity in the states in three months? No, not a chance. I can only hope that uh, there will be opportunities for some of us over there. And by the way, you can feel free to keep the four of us on this podcast in mind. I'm just gonna just floating that out there for you. Yeah. Okay, four <laughs> months we'll be back, not three, but we're gonna be back. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marcus, you you you've given us a lot to think about. We're uh, oh. we're uh, almost eighty minutes in here, and uh, we could keep going. I feel like for another eighty, we'll have to uh, talk about getting you back one of these days. But uh, I think it's time we move into our quick hits. And if you could tell us, tell us about what was your favorite tour. There was. Um... There was '89. I did the uh, I did the Golden Earring. Uh, we did a we did a European tour, and we uh, we were we were the last big band uh, playing uh, in Berlin before the wall uh, was uh, t- torn down before wow. the end of the end of the 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 Cold War. We it was uh, this this was something I will n- never. 
I forget the uh, and uh, we were uh, after the show. We were, uh, of course, we we like to party, so we we wanted to go out and uh, and there was at, at Berlin Alexanderplatz there was some club that was open, and the only people in the club were were Vopos, which was the East German police, and girls. <laughs> so so the 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 there was the we we. I, I got to experience the extreme oppression of the East German government for uh, two or three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was amazing. Uh, you know, we we went to we had to go to Checkpoint Charlie. We, you know, I've been in Berlin many times. You know, I did a lot of shows in Berlin, but. This one was in East Berlin, you know, it was organized by the the government back then because they they you know the the like the barriers they were anti-tank uh, barriers. Everything was uh, was built by the by the military. The 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 light systems they were all, you know, they it was it was crazy. It was uh, Something I I never uh, I will never uh, f- forget in my life. Eighty nine, good year. <laughs> good year. Uh, and so, I think two months later they they tore down the wall. Yeah. After we've been there. I'm I, I'm sure that you had something to do with that too, and we don't have to debate that any longer. I'm going to just trust no. that that's the case. You clearly bring that to the table here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, Marcus, you've been amazing. Um, if, if there is one thing about the industry you'd like to see us doing better as we reopen, what would that be? Well, I would say um, um, I, I would I, I, I wrote down safety and payment because I, I think there is uh, there's a lot of times where uh, but where there is there is um, I don't know if I don't know how it is in, in the states but in in Europe sometimes I mean most people they in the in the, in in this industry they like what they're doing and they they don't do it for the money of course I mean they do it because they 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 are in love with the with the with the business with the with the entertainment business with seeing live shows and and they want to be a part of it but Nowadays, with a lot of expert, there's a lot of people who have a lot, tremendous expertise. They, 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 you, the the technicians, the 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 whole technical side of the of the business is going so fast. And I think there is uh, sometimes uh, in payment we are we are not so we I here in 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 Europe we're losing a lot of people uh, who eventually go. Get, go get out of the business because you know they want to make want to buy a house and, uh, and and they you know it's they they don't get enough you know they in, in comparison to other jobs they just get a lot less money and the other issue is safety I, I, I still think there is especially 
not in the in the in the rich countries like uh, like Western Europe, uh, especially northwestern Europe countries, but um, but in the the farthest south you go, and especially like in Latin America, there is a lot of I think there's there's a lot of a lot to uh, we can do a lot about safety, and uh, and you know like uh, like touring business is is very is, you know it's. Uh, Nowadays, I think it's 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 getting a lot better, especially with uh, in the the American uh, tour, uh, productions we see. We see they have uh, the, the 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 they they bring good systems, good safety systems. People are not so worn by by touring, but sometimes you see guys that that have an average sleep per day of about three or four hours i mean that's crazy i mean you can't do that for a couple of months so that's something uh i i i i i think that's something you you should be looking at you know more, well, i share uh, your sentiments completely i yeah. definitely appreciate all of that yeah. last and final question any parting shots shout outs anything like that that you'd like to extend well, I I don't I don't uh, no not really I I think um, I I think that uh, we uh, there in Holland there is a lot of talk about the one and a, we what we call the one and a half meter um, uh, 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 new the new the new uh, uh, the new reality which is the one and a half meter reality, and if you would translate it, it would be the five foot transla- uh, five five foot tra- uh, reality. And I don't think I de- I think that's all bullshit. I think that's that's not that's something we don't want. We want to go to uh, to the uh, an, uh, Lowland Festival. We want you know young people like to be like to get touched, like to touch other other young people. And they like to be uh, in uh, close proximity, proximity of one another, and they like to share uh, uh, um, 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 uh, how do you say? They like to they they like to see uh, bands and and experience uh, uh, you know uh, new things and and that's and and that and 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 you then if you want to do that you want to go to a festival you want to go to uh where you get where you get um you you know you go to a circus or or a festival or you know you don't want to be uh cooped up in your house watching uh watching netflix or hbo or or sitting on your telephone i mean they they that's what they do too but so I I don't think it's this new uh, five foot society or this five, new uh, reality is gonna last much longer. I think it's uh, by by the end of uh, by I think it's at the most uh, April uh, two thousand twenty one, and then uh, this is gonna be uh, nothing but a but a bad bad dream. Well, from your lips to God's ears, as they say, I, I hope yeah. that is true. Marcus, you have been 
Amazing. I thank you so much. Rotterdam Rigging, all for events and entertainment. I hope everyone will check you out, look you up, uh, contact your company, consider the safety standards and regulations and certifications you talked about, um, you know, adapt those practices and uh, globally, worldwide, let's make a better business. You are definitely one of the people that uh, is leading the way. We appreciate you. You are a true hustler. And uh, wow. until next time, everybody, thank you and good night.